0: to Laying the Points, a Word of Podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta, and my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty well. Uh, we've got Warriors
1: Cavs for the fourth straight year. Some people are obviously not going to be happy about that. You know i've heard a lot of people complaining on twitter about how boring it is that the same two teams meet every year but i honestly think it's great like i don't understand why having two teams that are good actually make it to the end is considered a negative you know like don't you want to see the best teams battle it out each year
0: uh people hate chalk that's you know (laughs) they uh they just don't like watching the best teams play all the way through, I guess. I don't know. I don't really get it. I mean, I think that uh, obviously, I will talk about the series and how it's not expected necessarily to be super competitive. But I don't know. This is something that like we can look back on in like twenty years and say, you know, we got to see the Warrior, we got to see the best player maybe ever play, maybe the best team ever, you know, four straight years. Like that's pretty cool.
1: Very cool, in my opinion.
0: So before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a roto NFL Pass by subscribing through the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Uh, before we start talking basketball, I'll just give a, a quick recap of the bankroll contest, which is pretty much done. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't really think there's any way I can catch you, Matt. You're, uh, you've really done amazing. I mean, you, you're, you've profited over $1,200 from our original starting amount. 20% ROI. And F for me, I mean, I, I took $125 and over, I don't know, was it? It's now June, basically. Yeah, like so three March, March basically. Yeah. So in three months, I turned $125 into a uh, $124. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> you know what, though? Like you get
1: enjoyment out of it. Where else can you get that kind of enjoyment for the amount of time for one measly dollar? You know? Yeah. As far as hobbies go, that's a win in my book
0: yeah definitely I mean price of uh price of admission is low, and uh I think I'll bounce back eventually I mean, I'm still waiting on this des bet. I've been saying that for like twelve <laughs> straight shows just to put me up and uh I don't know the balls just had to start bouncing my way like I feel like I've just gotten kind of unlucky, and I know a lot of people you can always say that I guess when you bet sports, but you know, I don't think my process has been bad. I think I've just uh you know just kind of run up against it, so we'll, yeah, we'll figure I, it out.
1: I think we've kind of talked about it, I think that. At least early on, you were kind of falling victim to, you know, I just want to bet on a lot of different things, and uh, you've cut your volume down a little bit. You're going for more selective plays, and I think your 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 bankroll management is good in the long run. So I'm not expecting you to stay in the red figures here for a while. My uh my my progress is obviously unsustainable. I keep joking about it that. You know, if I keep winning at this rate, I'm going to be a millionaire by this time next year (laughs) because I basically turned my bankroll 10x in the last three months. So if I 10x it a couple more times, you know, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be living in Vegas. So uh, either I'm the greatest gambler in the world, which I I find very, very, very highly doubtful, or I'm just riding an incredible hot streak. So uh, I'm expecting to cool off a bit. Uh, I got lucky with the Warriors series bet. I had them against Houston. You know we'll we'll talk about them at some point. But yeah, I, I'm just enjoying life right now. You know, nothing feels better than than winning bets, and uh, I've had that feeling a lot recently. So I, I can't complain. I'm I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, just remember me, you know, if you get to that point. You hit that first, you get that extra, that 6-0, you just, you just keep me in mind.
1: Believe me, we all going to be living good if that happens.
0: <laughs> so uh, before we get into the finals, let's just talk a little bit about how these teams got there. You know, Eastern Conference Finals, I, I think, obviously the fact that both of these series went 7, I think was a lot of fun. Um, two really great series. Eastern Conference, we had Celts. And Cavs, I think, uh, you know, for me, obviously, you know, I bet the Cavs, I bet the Celtics with you in that series uh, against you, I should say. And, you know, it really came down to some cold shooting and a lot of LeBron at the end, uh, you know, to seal it for the Cavs. It seemed as though uh, the absence of Kevin Love meant literally nothing to Cleveland, which I don't know. I I feel bad for Kevin Love. But what (laughs) was kind of your your biggest takeaway from the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: Um, realistically, my, my biggest takeaway is that the Eastern conference stinks. Like, (laughs) I know that's not a huge takeaway. You know, we, we kind of knew that going into the season, but if LeBron can really carry this bunch of bums to the finals, like, is there a roster in the East you could put him on that would not win the Eastern conference? Like take him and put him on Brooklyn, put him on atlanta like are those rosters any worse than this group of guys that he just dragged past the, the celtics
0: no <laughs> i mean like i have i had like i have like 15 drafts saved on twitter of like things i wanted to say about how like no no one else on the Cavs can like dribble like you know what i mean like like their best guy like their best guy after lebron is probably either like george hill or kyle korver like that's ridiculous just in terms of guys who, like, played in Game 7. Like, that's, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's incredibly
1: stupid. And, you know, the Celtics, um, they obviously showed up a little bit ahead of schedule. I think that, obviously, they have a very promising future. And, you know, uh, a lot of people out there feel that Jason Tatum is, is going to be a star. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but... This team is just bad and and they're in for a world of hurt the Cavaliers that is, so um, looking at the Kevin Love thing a little further, you know you mentioned that his absence might not hurt them very much, it honestly might have helped them in that game. You know, if you look at Jeff Green and Larry Nance Jr, both had better net ratings in this series than Kevin Love. Kevin Love was a minus six point two points per 100 possessions went on the court against the Celtics. Nance and uh, Green were both in the positive figure. So it was a pretty big swing. JR, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Green showing up and playing like he did in Game 7 was was the wild card. And that was really all LeBron needed. You know, Boston put together probably their worst shooting performance of the playoffs. I think in terms of true shooting percentage, it was the second worst mark that they've had all season. But That's kind of what you would expect from a young team, you know, whose best players are arguably in their first and second years right now. So, uh, yeah, they'll be back. But for right now, at least, Cleveland advances. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can even muster up a fight against the Warriors.
0: Yeah, and and I know that you said that the East stinks. And right now, certainly that's the case. But if we, like, spin this forward a few months, I mean, we're talking about this same Boston team, adding you know two all-stars in uh, Kyrie and Hayward uh, you figured Philly is probably going to add someone in free agency or at the very least like their their young stars will get better um so I mean I'm hoping that this time next year we're not having this conversation about how the east is so bad and you know at least we've had we have like two or three teams if LeBron stays in the east maybe you know you get three really good teams in the east I think that would be that would be a lot better I think for the state of the game
1: yeah for sure. and obviously LeBron, uh, I just saw an article over at Action Network. The favorites right now to land his services for next year are the 76ers in Vegas. so yeah, yeah, yeah. that would obviously be um, a scary group of of guys to put around you know King James and and we'll see what they do. and uh, there was definitely some talk during this postseason that the cat that the Celtics should potentially shop Kyrie Irving and see what they could get for him and that they might somehow be better, you know, acquiring more assets and turning the team over to Terry Rozier. I hope that that game seven put all that talk to bed. Because if they had Kyrie Irving, you know, that's a completely different game. He is, you know, a top five scorer in the NBA, loves the moment, loves big games. And that's why, you know, the Celtic fans were so excited to bring him into the team. In terms of what you know, they get, he gave them during the regular season. It honestly wasn't that much more than what Isaiah Thomas gave them last year. It might've even been less, you know, people uh see Thomas now and forget how good that guy was last year, but he put together one of the best high volume shooting seasons in the history of the league. So, you know, the reason Irving elevates this team is what he's able to do in the playoffs and you know they were they were desperately missing him in game seven you know if they had him could have been a completely different game and we might be talking about them playing the Warriors
0: yeah and not to mention like how many more assets do the Celtics really need no like at some some point you gotta yeah like at some point you gotta package up and 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 upgrade you know you gotta get studs and they probably even have to really do that because obviously they get the two guys back and uh, Tatum will get better and you know, the, they'll have some natural growth, but, like, they still have the Kings pick. I think, I feel like, I feel like if they had, you know, Kyrie and, and Hayward right now, like, y- they'd have, like, a, an issue with, like, how, you know, how to work the rotation, like, how to get all these guys minutes. Um, You know, there would be a problem. It's kind of, like, the Celtics are kind of, like, in the, um, like, I, I don't know if you ever, like, just sim a 2K dynasty and you just, like, <laughs> draft really well and then, like, Six years in, like everyone needs a max contract, and you can't fit them all under the cap, and they're all upset. Like that's like, that's like the situation Boston's in. Like they they don't need more assets. They need they need to figure out the guys that are best and kind of move forward with them.
1: Right. Not not to turn this into a whole Celtics show, but two things really quick. One, they should not re-sign Marcus Smart. I know that that might be an unpopular opinion in Boston, but the guy. It's just, he's not as good as all these, you know, uh, so-called analysts want you to believe. Like, obviously his box score numbers aren't great, but the intensity and stuff that he brings, is it worth paying him, you know, 10 plus million dollars a year when he's arguably the fifth best guard on the team next year? Like, there's no shot I would do that. And two, this is just a pure hypothetical, but it's gained some steam on Twitter. If you were the Celtics and you could somehow get anthony davis but jason tatum had to be a part of the package would you do it
0: i wouldn't even think about it yeah me neither (laughs) me neither like it's brow it's brow like you know what i mean like like tatum's cool like he's really good he's really good for his age he's on a good contract but like give me the guy that i know is already a top five guy in the league
1: yep totally agree
0: Now, over in the Western Conference, uh, uh, again, a a really interesting series, probably for some other reasons. Obviously, we had the the Chris Paul injury that I think was really unfortunate. It kept them out of game six and seven. The Warriors, you know, seemingly weren't meshing. I mean, it's crazy like that a team, uh, you know, they just had Durant last year and it seemed like everything was cool. And like this year now, everything seems a little discombobulated. Durant doesn't really seem like He's in the flow of the offense as much. Obviously, Curry's been kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries. Iguodala hasn't played the last three games. Uh, is it three or is it four?
1: I think it's four at this point.
0: Four. So, like, uh, you know, it, kind of a weird series with all the injuries, but still obviously very good from a basketball standpoint. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway there?
1: Yeah, so the biggest takeaway for me is that the Warriors' stars obviously showed up especially in the second half of games 6 and 7. But what really won them this series was their depth. And if you look at the second halves of the past two games, they obviously made huge comebacks. But the biggest difference for me was that the the Rockets guys were just absolutely gassed. They had no legs left. I mean, no NBA team should ever go over 27 from three point range in a single game, you know, during a stretch. Like that's more to me than good defense. It's more than, you know, they got too tight in the moment. It's the fact that basically everybody on their team that was playing meaningful minutes was playing, you know, 40 plus for the duration of the playoffs. You know, Trevor Ariza, uh, PJ Tucker, those guys legs were just gone trying to guard the Golden State Warriors for 45 minutes a night. You know, seven games in a row. You saw Harden wear down a little bit. Eric Gordon even wore down, and I thought that he was arguably their, you know, best offensive player at times during that series. So, the fact that Kerr didn't panic, he stuck with his guys. You know, even though at times we were begging him not to, Kevon Looney continued to get his his minutes. Uh, Jordan Bell, Sean Livingston, even Nick Young at times like. The fact that he was willing to trust those guys and not push his stars too, too much, I think is ultimately the biggest reason why they were able to eke it out. And obviously we have to talk about the Chris Paul injury. Like, that was an even bigger deal because of the shortened rotation for the Rockets. And it's another asterisk for the Warriors for sure. If you're one of those people that loves to hate on Golden State, this is just another reason to hate them, you know? Maybe they don't win this series if Paul plays in games six and seven. Maybe they do, but unfortunately, we'll never know. Just like we'll never be able to know what would have happened if Kawhi never got hurt, and we'll never be able to know what would have happened if uh, Kyrie didn't get hurt in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, totally agree with all that. Um, You know, we were texting during the game, and uh, you know, like once like guys like Ryan Anderson and ISO Joe had to get on the court. It's just, it's just bad news. Like, and Rhino played eight minutes. He was minus 12. Like, oh, Curry was licking his chops every time he saw him out there. Just unbelievable. So, I mean, I, it, and it's kind of weird, too, because I think that for a lot of the series, we were critical of the Warriors' depth. Right. Because, you know, once Iguodala was out and some of these other guys had to play, it seemed to really impact uh, the results. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Rockets were even thinner. You know, you lose a star, that definitely is going to hurt. Um and I I really do like Jordan Bell. I mean I I think he just impacts the game. I know he's not really a scorer. You know no no points yesterday, but uh like just really impacts the game on the defensive side. I think that he's a presence. Um you know can switch on a lot of guys. Like I I just really like his game. I think that that's like the kind of guys that the Warriors have kind of built around like in the past. I think that Draymond is basically like a good version of that kind of a player. Mm-hmm. And uh. You know, I was happy to see him put in some good minutes, but they, uh, I don't know. Like, it's kind of weird because it's like, you feel almost like the battle is over. Like, I'm really, really curious to see how they approach this Cavalier series because that they're just not, you know, seemingly at least they're just not going to have to work as hard. So I'm, (laughs) I'm really curious to see what, what they do.
1: Well, that kind of plays into a theory that I've developed over the last couple of days, which is that the, the Warriors are still bored. (laughs) like you would have thought that turning over to the playoffs would have changed things and that the Warriors would still you know or they would turn it on so to speak but I really just watched them play in the first half and it's like so lackadaisical they don't have that same killer edge that they display in the third quarter and it can't just be that Steve Kerr is giving them these brilliant halftime speeches or whatever. Like, you know, it's not like he's going in there and dishing out the, uh, the Tony, uh, what's his name? The, the head coach in, uh, the longest yard. He's not doling out that speech in at halftime of every one of these games. I really think the Warriors know that they can just come back. Doesn't matter how much they're down, as long as they stay within striking distance. They're going to flip the switch, and they're going to eventually put the game away. And we saw that in game six, uh, game 6 and Game 7. So this team has already accomplished everything you could ever ask of it. They've won two titles. They were 16-1 and last year during the postseason. They have a 73-win regular season, and they just flat-out know they're the best team. So with all that in mind, like I'm starting to think it's possible that the Warriors even in something as big as a game seven, just don't show out fully focused in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, I definitely buy that. And uh, I have a couple a couple questions for you once we get to the final section. So I'm going to save it for that. We call that a tease, right? Ooh, greeny uh, tease. <laughs> I was going to do one, but I don't really have one off the top of my head. <laughs> After this, we'll tell you why... The one guy who can beat the Warriors actually plays for the Jazz. Like, you know, like. <laughs> what if I told
1: you that the Cavs' best player wasn't LeBron James? <laughs> that was a really good one. Back after this.
0: <laughs> First, I want to talk a little bit about my boogie. It uh, doesn't matter if you've been a player for years Or you like a team because their colors match your favorite shoes. uh, We definitely have some betters like that. You may argue I'm one of those betters at this point. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Lay down some money and score big. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. If you're sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout, come and join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. That's why I'm telling you to make your way over to my bookie. You win and they pay and they pay fast without any hassles. You're definitely wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place a bet after tip-off as well as the uh, prop builder, which I definitely love to play with. Uh, join now. MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Use promo code laying the Points to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. mybookie.ag So we have the finals, Matt. I uh, talked about it once or twice already. Not really supposed to be a competitive series. The Warriors are minus 1,040 to win the series. They're 12-point favorites in Game 1. I mean, do you, do you have any love for the Cavs here as huge dogs, or will you be attacking the series mostly through the spreads?
1: Yeah, there's no way in hell that I'm touching the Cavaliers to win the series. Like, I, I know LeBron is great but I've seen him go up against this team before with arguably a better supporting cast. I mean, unarguably a better supporting cast last year. He had Kyrie Irving and they still got throttled. So there's no way that this team should be able to win four straight games against the Warriors. It's just, it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I mean, I think that even the spreads, like I, I know that Simmons has mentioned this a couple times in his pod. I kind of, like, agree, but the spreads all playoffs have just been so weird because there's just been so many different, like, injury situations you have to consider, like, the quality of the opponents in some of these series has not been particularly competitive. So it's just really hard to set good lines, and, you know, I'm sure as the series goes on, maybe they'll get a little bit better, but, like, 12 points, it's like you don't even feel good about taking the Cavs to cover 12 because, you know, if the Warriors decide to play – the game could be 30, you know, like it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Warriors were plus 19 in the third quarter of game seven. They outscored the Rockets like 65 to 25 in the second half of game six. When they flip the switch, there's no one that can beat them. And that's why these odds are so ridiculously inflated. You know, this is by far the largest, uh, favorite that's, happened in uh you know sort of like the modern era of basketball at least since we've been tracking this kind of information the next biggest favorite is the 0102 lakers with Shaq and kobe they were minus 750 over the nets and swept them so they're saying that this series is almost twice as lopsided as that one in vegas right now so Yeah, I mean, I I can't see this being competitive. We can talk about the spreads. You know, I do think that, you know, if you're buying into my theory that the Warriors are kind of bored still, uh, you know, you can definitely see the spread being covered by the Cavs in a few of these games. LeBron James in his whole career has never been a 12-point underdog in a playoff game, and that's what the current spread is for Game 1. So we'll see what could happen. I mean, I... The more interesting question is whether or not you want to look at, you know, a sweep or a, a 4-1 victory and maybe bet some of these exact series prices, I think.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because uh, if you look at the prices, Warrior Sweep, you know, still pays 2-1. to one. Uh, If the Warriors win in 5, it's plus 130. If it, if it goes 6, plus 380. And, and if it somehow goes all the way to 7, plus 330. Um, I mean, I... I it seems like the betting market expects LeBron to be good for a game here, but we got to think a little bit about Warriors sweep at two to one, right? Yeah, I like the
1: sweep, and if I wasn't gonna bet the sweep, I think I would bet four to two and get the better odds at plus three eighty. Like, if LeBron can win one game in this series, to me that means that Golden State isn't fully engaged, and if that's the case, I don't see why he can't win two games. So. We'll see. I mean, it might take a Herculean effort, but LeBron has certainly displayed that. I mean, he he had a great game seven against Boston. He didn't need to do so much because the Celtics only scored like, what, 72 points or something like that? Yeah, gross. Um, But prior to that, in in the two elimination games he faced in the playoffs, he scored 46 points and 45 points. So he is more than capable of, of putting up a huge series, but uh yeah again like if the warriors come out and try this should be a sweep. So I might look at the 40, you're getting 2 to 1 on that on my bookie and I might look at 4 to 2 cuz you're getting 3 and 3.8 to 1. Um but yeah, the 4 to 1 just seems like a weird weird one to pick. Like I know that that's probably the the most likely outcome in people's minds. You know, they sort of think, "Oh, the Warriors are the better team, but LeBron will steal a game. So naturally they end up on four to one. But uh, I kind of like fading the public, I guess, with that general line of thinking and going either sweep or four to two.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think and I think the four to two point is actually really good. Um, I will probably be doing something with that with that sweep bet this week. Just because I, I two to one. I mean I, I just feel like there's a lot of uh there's just a huge gap in price. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a huge price jump. Uh, you know, if you, if you're saying that the Warriors are basically a lock to win the series, then I feel like you expect it to be quick. So um, I like you, I like the sweep there. Yeah. Let's, if, uh,
1: if I were to pick an outcome, it would be four. So I like getting two to one on that. I will probably have some exposure there.
0: Yeah. And let's, uh, let's spin this forward a little bit. I, I know this isn't really a betting point, but it, it's definitely a basketball point. Like, You've you've mentioned, we've talked about the Warriors being bored. Like, is there any chance that, like, the Warriors just don't have the same team next year in terms of the four stars?
1: I think the only way that it doesn't happen is if they somehow are a better team. Like, if they can somehow, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if Draymond is up for a contract extension, but... Like they you know they obviously talked about potentially looking at Anthony Davis when he becomes a free agent, like if they could somehow add another piece and jettison Draymond in the process, I don't think they would hesitate to do it, but as far as you know like durant leaving or or something like that, I don't see anything that would make them worse for the following season,
0: yeah, Draymond still has two years left. Clay is the guy that I think is up soonest. His contract expires after next season. Um, like Durant, and Durant, Durant's Durant contract theoretically is like, opt right, so, right. He has, he's the one with like a lot of flexibility, but I mean, does he really want to leave? I feel like he really wanted to be there. So. Yeah,
1: I think that would be weird if he left all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see kind of what happens. I, I, uh, you know, I would love to see, I mean, maybe I'm just a sucker for this stuff and, I feel like a lot of people don't really agree, but I would love to see them upgrade Draymond and get like another guy in there. Like I, I like watching really good teams be really good. So like this playoffs really hasn't been that great to me. Just like I've loved the last three, three years because I love watching the warriors be great. Cause I just think it's really cool. I don't think it's something we'll ever really see again. This year hasn't been as fun because it's just like, you just want them to be so much better. Like, you know, they can be so much better. Right. So like I, I don't know. I like I like seeing them kind of be dominant. So. Yeah,
1: and the narrative that the Warriors haven't been tested is not true. You know, like, they were down right. 3-1 to the Thunder. And honestly, probably should have lost that series if not for a Herculean effort from Klay Thompson in Game 6, where he scored over 40 points. So, you know, I think that, you know, thinking that the Warriors have just, uh, you know, they're like a, a cheat code team, like, it's, it's approaching that level with Durant, but it's not like this team hasn't had any adversity. Um, and honestly, like, they deserve to be where they at. They drafted well. You know, the only free agent that they signed was Durant, and they were really only able to get him, you know, through some luck with the salary cap. But, you know, if you look at what the Thun, what the Thunder drafted with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden, they cheaped out. You know, they could have had this co- that core. But they decided they didn't want to shell out the money for James Harden, they didn't want to pay the luxury tax, and now two of them have gone on to leave and win MVPs with other teams, more than likely. So uh I give Golden State credit, you know, I'm not one of these people who is a hater, uh, I'm with you, I appreciate the greatness. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily want to see Anthony Davis or somebody like that go there because that might just be too much, but... Um, Yeah, I really enjoy, to me, when they're clicking offensively and the ball's whipping around and they're making three-pointers, to me, that's like the most beautiful basketball that there is. I used to feel that way about watching the Spurs, particularly that year where they beat the Heat in the finals. But this is like that team on steroids.
0: Yep. And uh, obligatory talking point, where are you on LeBron greatest of all time?
1: Yeah, I was hoping we would get to this today. You know, I'm still probably going to take Jordan. And I want to preface this by saying that I really missed the peak Michael Jordan years. You know, like I never really got to see him when he was putting up the back to back three peats. Um, I do think that LeBron has undoubtedly faced tougher competition than, uh, than Jordan did, you know, and Jordan played some great players. Like he had to go through Charles Barkley. Obviously Stockton and Malone, um, Clyde Drexler, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, like he faced his fair share of Hall of Famers, but he never saw a behemoth like this Warriors team. And so I don't penalize LeBron at all for the fact that he could be three and six in the finals after this series. That means nothing to me. Uh, it, to me, like that's the same thing as we glorify quarterbacks who have Great records in the Super Bowl, but miss the playoffs every other year. You know, you can just say
0: Eli. You can (laughs) say Eli. It's okay.
1: (laughs) If anybody knows me, they know I'm talking about Eli. So (laughs) like, I'd rather have a quarterback that gets me to the playoffs every single year than somebody who doesn't, but is capable of getting hot and going on a run. So I appreciate the greatness that LeBron has. Uh, You know, I would, if you were picking a guy who you'd want to play with, You would certainly pick LeBron of the two, but what separates it for me is just that uh, Jordan was playing in a different era, a more physical era. We weren't as knowledgeable about the game at at that point. You know, like is there any doubt in your mind that Michael Jordan, you know, playing in today's era where three pointers are incredibly important, like don't you think that guy would have just shot like? 10,000 threes a day until he was making them like at the rate that Steph Curry does. Like I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that he would have been doing that. And you can't hand check, like you could make a a legitimate argument that Jordan could score, could average 40 a game in the current NBA. So for that reason, I'm still going to give him the slight edge, but for me, it's a, it's a 1A and a 1B type of argument, not a 1-2.
0: Right. I mean, I, I am team Braun because i love the i just love his overall game and i love his intellect like i really i really appreciate how much of like a basketball nerd and basketball genius like lebron is so that like scores a lot of points to me um but like like you said like it's not this is not like a question that has like a definitive answer like the worst part about people that talk about this is when they're like well Jordan's clearly the best and if you don't think so you're an idiot you know like no like it we'll never know we'll never know who's better I think that like you mentioned with the ear is like there's so many factors that make it really difficult to to compare like Jordan was like Jordan played like 36 round holes of golf once before like a playoff game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I was just going to bring that up. Like, like that would never happen. Like, you would never see a guy like drink three beers at at one o'clock and play a playoff game at eight now. Like, that would never happen. Yeah. So, like, that, you know, that's a factor too. Like, the kind of shape that he would be in. You said the threes, like, the way he'd approach the game would be different. Like, it's really difficult to judge. You know, and then at the same time, obviously, LeBron is a freak of nature. So, like, how much would handshaking really affect him? Like, we'll never know. You know, like, there's just so much we don't know. So just, you know, pick the guy you like the best. And just, I think I saw someone say this on Twitter today. Like, we have room in our heart for two goats. It's okay. Like, (laughs) So,
1: yeah, the only thing I want to say is that don't, please don't put Kobe Bryant in this conversation. Like, I saw somebody put a post on Twitter, like, you know, the 90s belong to Jordan the 2000s belong to Kobe and the 2010s enjoyed, uh, belong to LeBron. Let's just enjoy them all. And my response is, no. We <laughs> don't enjoy Kobe. He wasn't even better than Tim Duncan. Like, let's not... Just because the guy makes weird Mamba faces and, you know, shoots the ball a 100 times a game doesn't mean that we need to put him in the same company. Like, yes, he had five rings. I, I don't want to turn this into a whole Kobe thing, but... Yeah, like, clearly, at this point, those two guys are at the top two. I mean, if you want to throw Bill Russell or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or somebody else in the conversation, like, I wouldn't stop you. But hopefully you're old enough, if you're doing that, that you at least saw them play. So, that's the thing. And the second part is, it would be interesting to see how LeBron would have come up in this era, you know? Maybe the whole AAU thing, he wouldn't have had that same you know killer mentality that he developed who knows maybe he would have left the bulls to go play with patrick ewing or something like that a knicks fan can dream and also you mentioned the golf thing like how would he have survived with twitter like could you imagine being in atlantic city all the time and seeing Michael Jordan at a craps table smoking a cigar, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning with a, with a playoff <laughs> game the next day, like, the universe would break. The Twitter universe would literally collapse upon itself. So, I- taking that all into account, like, yeah, maybe maybe it would have helped Jordan. You know, LeBron says he spends over a million dollars a year just on maintenance for his body. You know, he sleeps in some, like, hyperbaric chamber, probably looks like a coffin, you know who knows what that guy does that Jordan never did, and maybe if Jordan had that kind of stuff, he would have been even better. Like it's just impossible to know, and we should stop comparing them and just just enjoy greatness because that's what we're witnessing right now. That's what we witness with Jordan, and hopefully one day we'll get to witness it again.
0: Oh yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> that's like the coolest part, right? Like we're still kind of young. We're the same age, so we're still like. We miss Jordan like we remember Jordan Wizards more than Jordan Bulls, which is sad. And you know LeBron's the best player we've ever really seen, so it's kind of cool. Like I don't know, maybe we'll be like the Jordan fans, you know, in 30 years when there's like some new, some new stud that like can make half court shots all the time and stuff. Like you know, we'll be like, we'll be like, he wasn't better than LeBron, like you
1: know, right? He'll be he'll be LeBron's body, but with like. Steph Curry shooting ability and it'll be oh. just ridiculous. So yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, I think that the comparisons are obviously great. They are good TV. They're, they're fun to have. And if you want to, you know, come down to New York and debate me in a local pub, I'll, you know, buy you drinks and, and talk to you for hours about why Tim Duncan was a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. But <laughs> once we get a certain point, You know, it's like you're in the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, they talk about um, with Saturday Night Live, once you've hosted it five times, you're in the five-timers club. And you get, like, this weird jacket. Like, it's a weird thing. (laughs) And what I mean to say is that LeBron and Jordan are both in the club right now. And Kobe's not invited.
0: Yep. I love it. Kobe's invitation wasn't even lost in the mail. Never sent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, the last thing, really, for the show, Matt, uh, the my bookie. Book it. That's the week. What do you got this week for the listeners?
1: Oh, geez. Uh, I really don't have anything. Um, I- I'm taking some heavy baseball activity tonight, but this post, this is not going to be posted by then. Um, how about this? How about follow me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca? And tomorrow I will put out my favorite baseball pick for everyone. And, you know, feel free to tag along if you'd like.
0: Oh, I like that Matt very generous to the listeners uh, you guys probably want to take that up because Matt's been really hot um, I'm gonna go with the Warriors sweep bet uh, I just think it's a good bet for the reason we mentioned during the show so i'm I'm gonna get you know some of the shekels that I have left on uh on warriors two to one a sweep get them in there I like it I'll probably join you too
1: uh, I wasn't confident enough to make it my pick of the week but I think if they simulated this series
0: 10,000 times, sweep is the most likely outcome. So I like it. I agree. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and get that deposit bonus on MyBookie for using promo code LAYINGTHEPOINTS. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Mico. May the odds be ever in your favor.